0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic
2: Hits.
0: Now, the first thing I want to get to is, and I'm sure as you all are well aware, the government has announced a nationwide ban on visits to homes or gardens. Basically anybody. Nobody is allowed into your house or your garden, unless it's for an essential service. They clarified this morning, by the way, because a lot of plumbers and electricians last night were going bonkers on Twitter saying, how am I supposed to operate? You can still go into people's homes, obviously wear a mask, etc., etc., and follow the guidelines of the person who lives there. Depending on the type of person, you know, if they're vulnerable or whatever, you have to obviously be, be very careful. So if you're a plumber, electrician, you know, you need to do some work in a house. For example, it's necessary work. You're still allowed to do that. Uh, obviously because you can't have people's boilers blowing up or whatever it is in the middle of the night and nobody allowed to come out to fix it. That would be bananas. And also for extenuating circumstances, i.e. Uh, if you have to visit a very sick relation or care for a very sick relation, you can go into a family home. If it's for access for children, if it's during divorce or separation or those kind of extenuating circumstances, of course, they do count as well. So you can go into a family home for those reasons. So, okay, so it's not a complete and utter ban, but it is a complete and utter ban, if you know what I mean. In other words, no having your neighbour around for a cup of coffee or your sister over or your mother over for a cup of tea or whatever it is, or to stay the day or the night or whatever it is. That's not allowed anymore, okay, under the new restrictions. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about the restrictions a bit later on. But I, I wanted to have a conversation about young people and what we should do. And I don't know if anybody's seen this, but today's Irish Times, Thursday, October the 15th, there's a full page ad. I've never seen anything like it. It's a full page advertisement on page five. And it's for, I'm sure people may have heard it or may not. It's called the, uh, this is the global declaration, the the Barrington Declaration. Um, It's going to be very hard to Google it because Google have what they call shadow hidden it. This is what's happening. I was never a conspiracy theorist in my life. I'm pro-vaccine, I'm pro-everything. I was never, but at this stage, I'm getting concerned that anybody who has an opposing view is being silenced and this Barrington Declaration seems to be silenced. It's a very logical declaration that we should have a debate about. Um, I don't believe that people should just do it and I don't believe we shouldn't do it, but I certainly believe we should talk about it uh, because there are scientists Immunologists, virologists, and people involved in this who were equally, if not more, qualified than other virologists and immunologists who disagree with it. So, in saying that, it's fair to have a debate. Well, the, arg- uh, the ad, by the way, is quite big. It says "fact." Uh, it has a big picture of a weighing scales, and it says. To our leaders in big bold print, meaning me, Hall, and everybody else, please read the facts from the Irish government websites before doing further damage to our country. Now, they're telling them to refer to their own websites. Fact The current life expectancy for Ireland is 81.5 years of age. It's slightly different, by the way, for male and female, but the average is 81. I think it's a little bit less for men, a little bit more for women. The median age death from COVID 19 is 83 this means that the median age for people who have died of COVID-19 have lived longer than the normal life expectancy in Ireland. Fact, 94.61% of people who have died from COVID-19 had underlying health issues. Fact, a total of 20 people have died from COVID-19 who were under the age of 44. I think it says 44.3, but the three is tiny there, so maybe you'll just take it as a 44. 20 people under the age of 44. fact, Two people have died from COVID-19 between May 24th and October the 6th who were under the age uh, of 44. This is according to this article, The Irish Times. Fact! 76 people died from car accidents last year who were aged under 45. For people under 44, almost four times as many have died from car accidents than from COVID-19. There is literally more chance of dying from being hit by a bus or a car or being uh, in a fatal traffic collision than from COVID-19. Yet our government is not stopping people from driving. Fact. In Ireland, if a person died of a heart attack, a stroke, cancer, or even being hit by a bus, and if that person also tested positive for COVID-19, their death is reported as a COVID-19 death, even if the death was not due to COVID-19. Fact. Fact. The below graph shows the mortality rate of COVID-19 to October, from COVID-19 October uh, from to October the 6th, uh, 2020 in Ireland. And there's a graph down below that gives you a very good idea how the, the whole curve has worked and everything. And it stops it's at the bottom and says, surely there is another way to take care of the few who are vulnerable while letting the, our economy and the future survive. And it says, these facts are not intended to offend our deepest sympathies to those who have lost a loved one to this horrible virus. Now, it's not a conspiracy theory or anything like that. They do accept that the virus exists. They're not one of these... Lunatics who believe there's no such thing as COVID 19, et etc., etc. All right, so, but I wanted to have a conversation about the national frustration and where we are right now because we seem to be at some sort of stalemate in society. Let's look at where we are. We have a new virus that can be dangerous, primarily to those who are vulnerable and elderly. Now, let's be clear stati- statistically, elderly and vulnerable will. Uh, make a full recovery from COVID-19, a very small percentage will get ill and an even smaller percentage sadly could pass away. And condolences here as well A Classic kiss to anybody who has passed away from COVID-19. So far, we know the virus poses very little risk to young people and to those who are otherwise healthy and under the age of 65. And Dr Glynn himself admitted the median age is more likely in the late 80s. For those under 19, the virus generally shows no symptoms. From what we're aware, only one person in Ireland has actually died under the age of 19. And sadly, that person had underlying conditions. There is a suggestion that there's a long term COVID for young people. But even this, by the admission of many immunologists around the world, is extremely rare. And they have also said that many other viral infections also have what they call a long infection time. In other words, you can have long term effects from other viruses, too. So this is not unusual in a virus for young people under the age of 19. Influenza kills more people in their age group. And we have a health service, which seems to sadly, and it's inadequate for the small percentage of the population that end up in hospital with COVID-19 and more so for those who end up in ICU. And to reiterate, most of us or most of those usually will have serious underlying conditions, but we have known about our failing healthcare system for years. Now, I think it's important to point out that at the start, the government failed to protect those who were probably more at risk than anybody else and those who were vulnerable. But I think we need, to have a, we need to have a discussion. And that discussion needs to be around the idea which is being talked about around the world at the moment um, about herd immunity. We are basing everything we're doing at the moment on a vaccine. And there are many people out there who believe herd immunity is the way to go. Sweden, for example, has been used as an example where they started off a bit dodgy and certainly a lot of people would say they had more deaths than others, but you have to take variables into consideration like the age, of their population, etc. But now seem to be one of the more successful countries in Europe in dealing with COVID-19. And if you saw it there, I've saw videos of it recently, life is pretty much normal. They do obviously have social distancing. They don't wear masks. Uh, they don't close schools. They never did. Uh, they don't close businesses unless you can work from home. And life, their nightclubs are open. People are dancing, having fun. Young people are out enjoying themselves. Uh, restaurants are open. Bars are open. They never closed. And yet their infection rates have probably gone down. So the question I want to ask you today is, do you think we should go down that route? Would you be happy to risk that? Some scientists say, no, you can't do it. That would be disastrous, suicidal. We would kill so many of our elderly people and vulnerable. But the argument is you try to protect them while you build a herd immunity from the young people. So how is COVID-19 affecting young people? Very badly, it seems. So I want to know, would you agree with allowing, I suppose, immunity to develop? Or do you think that would be way too dangerous? Let me know what you think. Would you be happy to see immunity develop or herd immunity develop? Or do you believe that would be way too dangerous and way too risky for our health service? Just to find out how it affects young people, by the way, Ruth, who works in the radio station with us here, and um, one of our researchers, uh, was talking to us this morning about it. And I suppose I didn't realise really how serious, Ruth, it affected young people, because maybe we tend to ignore you a little bit. Just,
3: just well, a little.
0: Well, well, I don't mean ignore you personally, <laughs> but, but have we ignored young people?
3: Oh, no, absolutely. Like, I don't think anyone's talking into taken into consideration how many of the milestones of young people have been disregarded and cancelled.
0: Okay, I, but those milestones being...
3: Like, I finished ooh, college online, sorry. Okay. Um, I got all my results online. My graduation will be apparently virtual, however they're going to work that. And I won't be able to actually... Pro- like, I didn't get to celebrate finishing college, won't be able to celebrate my graduation, can't celebrate my results. I haven't seen anyone from college since... March in mm-hmm. March when the college is closed. Yeah, um, and then I know people who have finished their masters that they applied for were cancelled. No, I'm not saying all masters were cancelled, but there ha- there are a number of them that got cancelled in the for media. Um, there's no internships going, nobody's hiring. Like we're kind of
0: you would normally go for a post grad or something at this stage, and yeah. that's difficult to get. There's no there's no work placements, all that kind of.
3: Kind of an the argument
0: is, is that, like everybody else in the country, Ruth, that you have to sacrifice as a young person. Sacrifice your social life. Sacrifice what you would normally do um, to protect those who are older.
3: And I understand that. Like, my granny is 92. She isn't in the best of health, so this would be, like, disastrous if she got it. But I also feel like there are ways to go about it where people my age can live their lives, but also protect older people. Like, why... Like people working in shops and restaurants and that kind of industry there's so many of them who are roughly my age so they're allowed to go to work serve all these people work with their friends Mm -hmm. you can't see your friends after work like i don't understand being allowed to work with someone all day
0: well i suppose the argument is is to kind of reduce the amount of spread i mean you can't the government obviously believe you can't stop the spread So they want to reduce the spread. So, okay, you can go to work. You can serve customers in a shop part-time if that's what you're doing to make a few quid. But when you get home, they don't want you going out and having a house party because that's to reduce it because this would put too much pressure on our health service, we're told.
3: I understand the no house parties thing. Like, I do. But not being able to literally have anyone in your house. Like, if hypothetically, like, you work with someone all day, you're literally on the the till right beside them. You're as close as you have to be and then you can, like, like if you see that person in your house that's not allowed like I don't understand so
0: you believe these are all contradictory these rules are contradictory
3: yeah okay Simon (laughs) Harris
0: made a bit of a speech this morning and kind of said he cared about young people and how they feel what did he say
3: Uh, so he said he got a few messages from college students and what he wanted to tell them was firstly this will not last forever I know it might seem like it does it seems like we're stuck in some sort of time warp where every day we're talking about COVID-19 but this too will pass
0: Okay. And do you, I mean, does, for you, does that look like when you look into, the, can you see a future? Can you see yourself world traveling, going on holidays, um, you know, getting a job? I, 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 is all that on hold for you now?
3: It's all on hold. And I mean, even like I'm 22, kind of this is my time to do all of that stuff. I just finished college. This is when I was supposed to travel and like have all those experiences before. You have to settle, not settle down, but like get a real job and make a proper mm. life. And
0: I know there's people out there solution. listening who agree with you. And and younger people probably who think, (laughs) but there's older people out there who might have an underlying condition or saying, "Jesus, Ruth, don't be so selfish."
3: I know, and I sympathise with them. I really do. Like, I honestly, like, I wouldn't want anyone to get it, young or old. But there has to be a way around the way we're dealing with it now. Like, you see the likes of Sweden and even places like I know Madrid went into a lockdown, but there's other parts of Spain and stuff like that, and their life has gone almost back to normal. Um, I have friends living in Utrecht in Holland, and like they're in college. They're, ha- they're living their normal college life at the moment because the government decided that.
0: Life has to go on.
3: Yeah. The economy needs to keep going. People need to be allowed to socialise. We're social beings. We're not supposed to be cooped up and told that you can okay. meet your mate for a coffee outdoors and that's it. Like,
0: All right. Well, look, Ruth, I, I wish you well. And I, I know it's difficult for people. <laughs> and I, I know because I have three children so, and, and they're all around your age. So I know what it's like for them. It's very difficult to have their social lives taken away, the things that we took for granted as young people. So I do wish you well in that. But I want to get your reaction. Um, are young people being a little bit selfish, suggesting um you know that you know we should just get on with our lives and 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 i'm I'm assuming what Ruth is going to say there as well is if you are vulnerable and you are elderly continue to do what you're doing at the moment and self-isolate and and cocoon or shield or whatever the word people like to use. So I'm asking the question 087-188-008. I mean, should we go down the route of herd immunity? Do you believe that would be the route to go? Or like some scientists, do you believe that would be way too dangerous? What part of pandemic do you not understand, Niles says Jer and Clare Hall? I understand it all, Jer. I think we all have to make decisions and I think debate is important, Jer. Maybe you don't believe it is important. There have been reports of reinfections occurring around the globe, says somebody else. So this idea of herd Immunity is ridiculous to me. Uh, well, actually, yes and no. But even the WHO have commented on that more recently and said it's extremely rare at the moment. And from what we believe at the moment, uh, the chances of you getting it a second time are so rare that herd immunity would still work because we would have to have herd immunity, by the way, if we have a vaccine because that's what a vaccine does creates herd immunity. And if that was the case, and we could get reinfected, well, then the vaccine would be fairly pointless anyway. We'd have to keep getting booster shots all the time. So I think the WHO are happy enough that you probably can't get it a second time. But there will be rare cases where people have. I think the number is not even in double digits. And in saying that, you know, over 40 million people have got it so far. So you imagine it would be a lot higher if you could get it a second time. But then again, that's all open to debate as well. Alan, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Alan? How are you? Uh, Alan, you listened to Ruth there before the break. I empathise with young people. I understand it. And there's a balancing act going on here to try and keep everybody happy at these very difficult times. But what's the answer?
4: Worst I, I love it when a politician comes out and says I'm after getting a few letters from someone I care so much about them. <laughs> That's nonsense when the start. Of the yeah, I month.
0: know. This is, this is Simon's. Time. Mind you, Simon still seems to be the Minister for Health <laughs> to be honest which I don't know what's going on there. Well
4: he didn't care too much during the survey he was checking he was making a mess of that but, um, yeah. but look I think to a degree we're locking things down too tightly at times we're, we're just all over the place but young people need to understand right they are young Plenty of years left to do things, plenty. But if we seem to we seem to have this winginess in this country now. everything is whingy over something. I'm not getting my piece of this. I'm not getting my piece of that. Uh, to the girl she said she's 22. Like she's got a lot of lot of life left in her. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Hopefully.
4: Like I was 24 when I traveled the world. I say in Australia, Asia, and everything else. So she's got a couple of years yet. But their, edu- like,
0: their education is being affected. I know people. Around, I, 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 I know online. people who are doing yeah uh, online. As you rightly said, I know people in college now who are going to the college one day a week for a lecture. The rest is all online. Their education is bound to suffer okay, because of now,
4: there's it. plenty of people who work full time jobs who do night courses online. For, and this has been going on for years. So you don't hear those people coming out with you. Mm-hmm. They go and they work nine to five or whatever maybe, and then they so go So do you on think this is a the, this
0: is the millennials? Is it? That's all
4: it is. It's just a, this windy, windy, windy millennials.
0: But I, I think that's a bit dis, fair to disregard them completely. They do I'm not disregard
4: them completely and not disregard them completely,
0: but they are making they sacrifices, to. aren't they?
4: Everyone's making sacrifices. Everyone is, is making sacrifices. So they just need to get on board. than just. But
0: well, I mean, really, Adam, you when, when, you, when you look at what we're doing at the moment, there seems to be almost a stalemate. You know look, unless a vaccine comes along, and we don't know whether it will. There's talk of a vaccine in December. We don't know whether it works. So they brought us vaccine over swine flu the last time around. That ended up being taken back off the market again. So, and there has been many viruses that we've never had a vaccine for. So in saying that, we may not get a successful vaccine. So we can't be talking about vaccines. We have to look at something else. Yeah,
4: so we do need to look at herd immunity, but we need to look at
0: how? How do we do that with a health service like our, the Ireland's one?
4: Well, it's, it's not just a health service like ours, because uh, 'cause has been in tatters for years and they've had the chance to, to improve it, but they don't do it. If there's a pandemic. But look, if you look at the, like Sweden or other countries that are trying other things, we're very much a controlled nation. So the information we see is very much controlled They follow one set of whatever the government wants to see. You, you don't see all of this stuff from other countries because it's blacked out. They don't want you to see it that's what's going on, but we do need to move into a point where we've got different different scientists coming and telling us different things and a couple of
0: guys were hearing everything from the whole time. Well, I, I, do, I, I, do, whole I do I do believe that, you know, the think tank, the Irish think tank seems to stop or what needs to stop. We need to look at other <laughs> evidence around the world, other evidence from other scientists and immunologists and yeah. virologists. And don't get me wrong, this Barrington Declaration, I don't know whether you've read it, it seems to be gathering a lot of traction at the moment, even, uh, you know, I know that we're talking about it in the House of Commons yesterday, uh, Donald Trump is now talking about it as well. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, but in saying that, they are talking about it around there, These are qualified people too. I'm not saying they're right what I'm saying is let's talk about it but we don't seem to be allowed we to talk about yeah. it
4: you're not allowed to talk about anything if it doesn't follow a certain narrative and that, but that's what you must stick to and that, that's just not across the pandemic that's across a lot of things in Irish society where you're not allowed to talk about certain things or have different but isn't that there.
0: pretty sad particularly when it comes to public health because public health is not only about COVID-19 public health is about people's mental health it's about people's social yeah, health it's about everything
4: Besides from yourself to a degree we used to have a lot of journalists who would question the government who question is and question We don't have any of that anymore. We don't have anyone that's prepared to, to call out a minister for certain things for their decision making. We don't have anyone to do that anymore. They they follow the same rule book, the same agenda. That's what's happening unfortunately in this country.
0: Okay, so have, Okay, have, well, let me let me you ask, ask you a question, answer. Alan. Let me let me yes, put please? you let me put you in the position of Hall Martin, right? Who's who the book lies with him, he makes the final decisions, right? What would you do tomorrow?
4: You know what, I would I would look for opinions from, from other countries, right outside our own country, and get a couple of people together from, from other countries around the world and see what is the best course of course of action to take. With, because we can't keep going lockdown up and lockdown up and lockdown open without doing no one any any favours.
0: No, I, think, I don't I I don't think it's good for I don't think it's working for anybody. I think it just it kinda of shows that we have no strategy really. Our,
4: our problem is and you can see what our problem is, we've got someone like Hall Martin who was so desperate to be shot because 'cause we're an of now, then we've someone like Leo Varkar who is so man managed and staged, it's unreal. That's I have never come
0: across a politician like Leo Varadkar who speaks from both sides of his mouth on a daily basis. I have yeah. never come across anybody um, like in my life.
4: That is our problem.
0: Okay, but say that. Well, doing well, doing well, well hang, hang on, hang on. I want to go to Chris as well. Chris, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Chris? How you doing? Um, Chris, I mean, there's a lot of mismanagement going on at the moment. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, we all need to have concerns for those who are vulnerable, those who are elderly, those who are more at risk to COVID-19 than anybody else. So what's the plan? What do we need to do? I mean, there's loads of suggestions out there by different people, but anybody who doesn't have the suggestion the government has is being blanked.
1: Um, Yeah, I think the problem with that is that there's been so much disinformation, um, you know, so many conspiracy theories that they've had to clamp down um, and perhaps they've camped down too much. You know, they've almost put a, a lockdown on information because of the... Of, say, of the nutters, yeah,
0: of the nutters that are out there. And we know yeah, there's a few nutters out there.
1: Yeah, but the problem is there's not a few. There's a lot. Um, there was that whole pandemic um, thing oh, that went viral. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that went viral right at the beginning. And, you know, everyone was up in arms saying, we need to stop this, we need to stop this. And as with everything, they've gone too far the other way now. Um, and anything that is, that doesn't fit the, the, the narrative is being shut down. But the problem is, you know, listening to the facts that these chaps were, were you know, in this Barrington report. Um, first of all, we we've never created herd immunity. immunity. Jesus, I can pronounce the word. Herd immunity. immunity. Thank you, herd immunity. Um, without a, I don't
0: vaccine believe that. In the past. Well, hang on, hang on. What do we do before we had vaccines? We died. We didn't all die. More, no, pe- but yeah. Well, hang on. Absolutely. Before vaccines came along, more people would have died of diseases. Yes. But, but what so but what happened was a lot of disease. a lot of diseases before vaccines came along. Well, there was many other diseases before vaccines came along, and essentially suppressed themselves. They ran out of people. So they died. The
1: people well, died. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what do we do? Do we that? That's the only. We have two choices of herd immunity. And and enough, then we enough, have to take into consideration enough, how
0: dangerous the particular virus is. It's not the bubonic plague. Let's be clear about that. No, we no, know parents, that. You no, know. I'm,
1: I'm not saying it is. But you can't say we 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 going to get. We not just make everyone sick until we get herd immunity because that hasn't worked in the past. The only other choice we had was people died, and we're trying not to do that to get herd immunity. But we're
0: also in a situation that has never happened. Well. A, but the Spanish flu, of course, but we didn't have the facilities, the connection, the connectivity, the social interaction that we have nowadays at the time of the Spanish flu. We now have information superhighways where we can inform and educate people and protect people. So this is the argument they're making. We're in a different time. This is not the Spanish flu. We're in a time where we can resource... Um, say, to protect elderly people if they need protecting or want protecting because this should always be consensual or those who are vulnerable that if they want or need protection that the government should spend all the resources spending now protecting those whilst letting everybody else get on with their lives. That's the kind of point they're making. Do you well, think that would work?
1: I think in a way it would work but the, the problem is is the rest of the, the, the population aren't playing ball. The government has said to us wear masks. How many people do you see not wearing masks or, or going? I mean, having protests thousands of them protesting together not wearing a mask i mean it's it, it's childish you can't the right say, you, you can't say to the government why aren't you protecting us when the government say well we
0: you're not willing to protect yourself you to yeah do. you're
1: not you know it's like saying well i, I died in a car accident well why were not you wearing you wearing the seatbelt oh well i didn't want to because i was protesting well we're telling you to wear a seatbelt we've put a seatbelt there for you to to wear if you're not going to wear it and you crash and you die who's to blame and that's the problem that's happening now. The government is saying, wear a mask, wash your hands, have social distancing. Then you wouldn't have these problems. But, but yeah, people, but, but do people, do people are
0: looking up. at statistics, Chris, and they're saying, and I think it's an unfair analogy but comparing seatbelts to masks, but now they They're going, well, hold on for a second. Look at Sweden. And Sweden, I know we're Sweden again, but they seem to have turned around and proved the rest of Europe wrong. Now, that could change in two weeks' time or three weeks' time and Sweden could go back up again. I, You know, we don't know that. This is a day-by-day thing all the time. But at the moment... They don't wear masks. They st- well, but- they have events. They go out to nightclubs. They go to bars. They get onto public transport without masks. They go shopping. Now, they are being obviously curtailed in the amount of people they can have at a public event. Um, you know, they are being encouraged to stay at home if they can and not go to work uh, or work from home, should I say. But they don't, there's no laws saying they have to do it. And life is pretty... They've never closed schools, never closed bars, never closed restaurants. And now they have a lower infection rate than we have.
1: Yeah, but there's one thing that... Um hasn't been brought up about Sweden. They haven't reported any figures for months now. They've just cut, cut out reporting figures. If you go into World of which is where the Johns Hopkins University collate all of their information, Sweden has not any, I was looking at Sweden figures
0: I was looking at figures yesterday. I was looking at figures yesterday for Sweden on, um, what, what's that site that I always look at? I, I can't remember the name, of the, it has all the, the figures for all the countries on it again. It's yeah. not John Hopkins, it's the other one, but I think they get figures from John Hopkins. But Yeah, it's I was
1: Worldometer. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, and uh, Worldometer, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. And I was looking at that one yesterday and they were saying, for example, that they had figures for Sweden there. There was a graph and you could move the graph and I could see there was three deaths in the last three days or three deaths in the last four days or something like that, um, which in a population of 10 million people is not too bad. And the current climate? Yeah,
1: they're, not, they're not reporting new infections. I, I look at it every morning because my yeah. wife's interested in it. And I have to yeah. read her off the off the stats. She, there's a couple of countries I have to tell her every single morning. And Sweden, have not report, they've reported deaths, but they have not reported new cases. I would say, I like to say months, but I'm probably exaggerating.
0: I think that's a bit, I think it's a bit of an exaggeration. Uh, th- oh, but a, I, th- I think the route that they went down was, which a lot of people were calling for here is, we don't want to know about it. Can you stop telling us every day and frightening the yes. life out of us? Unfortunately, well, maybe yeah. perhaps, perhaps that's it. But okay, well, well, hang, well, hang on, because I want to bring Keith in. So you, you don't believe this idea of herd immunity would be achievable currently at the moment? Yet we're too early for that. You believe that?
1: I, I well, we, we going on history. We have no proof that it worked in the
0: past. So okay, okay, no well, well, to believe. Okay, well, hang on for a second. Let me go to Keith. Keith you're in classic kids. Hey, don't you, Keith.
2: Good Niall. How are you?
0: Good. I mean, uh, Keith, as I said, it's a stalemate, isn't it? Really. Every day we wake up, what's happening today? You Niall,
2: know. We, look, never in the history of the human race have we stopped a respiratory virus. Never. It's never happened, right? We're still here.
0: without without the assistance of some sort of vaccine or cures or something that will help the symptoms.
2: Yeah, we we we, we we've never stopped respiratory virus like like The the Irish government needs to control or needs to uh, trust the Irish people, okay? We need to just educate as many people as possible, let young people get on with their lives, shield the the, the elderly and the vulnerable as much as we can. And what about the collateral
0: damage to that plan? And there will be collateral damage to that plan. And the collateral damage most likely will be those, you know, of over the age of 85 in care homes when people are visiting them, people have to work with them, people have to feed them. People have to care for them. And those people are younger people who are out, you know, doing, you know, your plan. So what happens then?
2: No, life, life is full of collateral risk.
0: OK, it just,
2: that's the way it is. Look, like if I live to 85, i I'll be very, very grateful, extremely grateful for it.
0: Um, But that's that's not an answer, because there's very healthy 85-year-olds in the country. I mean, when we talk about, you know, the average age of mortality, which is 81 years of age, that doesn't mean you have to die at 81. There's very healthy people over the age of 81.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I I have as much a chance of dying from flu at the age of 85 as I have from coronavirus.
0: Well, I don't know if the statistics will hold out that particular comment, but however.
2: Yeah, well, it's like we we cannot... We cannot eliminate risk
0: completely. No, you risk. can't. No, you can't Of course, you can't eliminate risk, but you can reduce risk, can't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if we educate the Irish people as much as possible, you know, we're, we're talking about masks, for example, right now. I've read, I've read it. Do
0: you do you wear a mask? Sometimes. Okay, do you wear like when I you? No, I'm, okay, do you wear one when you're supposed to wear? Do you wear it on public transport and in a shop?
2: I don't go on public transport very, very. Okay, often. fair enough. Do you wear it in the a
0: shop? Yeah. Sometimes. Why sometimes? sometimes. Why, why why not just. I mean, I, you know, find them very uncomfortable, but I still wear one for the sake of other people. Yeah. I wear I, one I, in I, a shop. I'll
2: be honest with you now, right? I'll be straight up with you, right? Sometimes I wear a mask because I'm just not in the mood for having an argument with somebody, right? And other times I don't wear a mask because I'm trying to state a point, right? Like, like, I read a CDC. Well, well, hang, well hang on. Sorry, sorry, Chris. What did you say?
0: Oh, sorry, Keith? I read a key?
2: CDC hmm. website, right? This is key. there. I read yeah. a CDC uh, article, right? And there was 14 randomised tests.
0: I want to read. I want to read this to no, you. No, I don't have time for... I don't... I, I'm being respectful to you here. I'm not trying to silence you or sense you. I don't... I know all the surveys and the, that you talked about, all the the research they've talked about. And yes, you were right. There is more research out there up to this year to suggest that there's nothing positive about wearing a mask unless you happen to be a surgeon, for example. But they exactly. yeah, well, what, they're, what they're claiming is there's observational studies now since COVID-19 and that's why they all suddenly changed their mind. You know, Chris, you know, Keith, you're talking to the converted here, and I understand what you're saying. But Chris, when you were you was it sorry, was it Chris or was it I think it was Chris said that was ridiculous, was it? No, it wasn't me. Oh, okay. Okay. So what do you think of the fact that Keith says he doesn't wear a mask out of point of principle?
1: Well now I say it, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um but that that's exactly the point I was making. You you on one hand you're saying protect everyone, do you know we've got to look after the vulnerable, and the rest of us must get on with our lives. Um, so the government said, that's fine, let's do that. All we're asking is that you maintain social distance, you wash your hands, and you wear a mask. And then you get people coming on saying, I oh, won't we'll wear a mask because I'm making a point. I mean, can you not hear yourself how ridiculous that is? Because that, that is the problem. You know, yes, the, the mortality rate might be low in the greater scheme of things. Yes, more people die of various other things than they do of, of coronavirus. But why should somebody have to die from coronavirus when, we don't, when they don't have to, when we... We know there are ways to help prevent the spread of it. And yet you have people coming on the radio saying, I'm making a point by not wearing a mask. I wear a mask. I have glasses. It, my glasses steam up 90% so yeah. of yeah. the time. Yeah, but so you know mine. what, Now, Such is life. It's not like I'm wearing the mask 24 hours a day. I'm going in and out of a shop. I'm in the shop for 10 minutes. Usually it acclimatizes within a couple of minutes anyway because of the. You know, that's what causes the problem. And so be it. We move on, we buy. do our shopping, we come out, we get back outside, we take our mask off, and, and so we go on, on uh, with our lives. Hang on,
0: let Keith respond to you. Keith, go ahead. Yeah. Okay,
2: Chris, Chris, can I ask you a question? Do you believe that people should wear, wear masks in shops to prevent the spread of influenza?
1: Well, I wouldn't have in the past, but I probably would now,
2: yes. I would
1: think so. It, we're,
2: it, so we're forever, yeah. we're forever going to have to wear masks.
1: But you could, I mean,
0: everybody. Keith. I suppose the argument is that you know influenza. You know, we, we had a vaccine from, for influenza since the World War, but I don't know, unfortunately, we still have it with us. You could argue that maybe we had become too complacent that people. On average, 600,000 people died every year from influenza. The figures are probably higher if we actually measured it the same way we measure COVID. They're probably a lot higher um, uh, for for influenza. But in saying that, many of those lives could have been saved if, say, in the past, we did wash our hands or wear masks. I think that's the point, in shops and public transport. That's the point that that, um, obviously Chris is making. That we had become become complacent.
1: You you look at countries like Japan and Korea, that wear masks every day. It's their, their sort of way of life for, for various reasons. Well, a lot of those,
0: a lot of the reasons they wear masks is for pollution more so than...
1: Um, no, thing. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. But we, we do know that when when this outbreak started, we do know that countries like Korea and Japan were, responded to it quicker and they, the, the spread wasn't that that vast because of the fact that they were so used to wearing masks. And when the government said to them, oh, by the way, please wear a mask, they were all like, well, we do it anyway, such as life, and so we carry on. It, and... Yes, we, we're probably going to live with this for the rest of our lives. And, and you're 100% right. We were complacent on the flu. And, and we used to spread the flu and... And, and, and pneumonia, like yeah, it, yeah. And pneumonia like it was... You know, we didn't care because... yeah, you know, we. But, and perhaps this is what needed to to jog our our consciousness and make us realise that, hang on, these are diseases that... that uh, and, uh, okay, and okay. Well, but, but,
0: but in the is. big scheme of things, we have to also protect people's mental health. We have to protect non-COVID issues like stroke, heart attack, cancers, which are not being reported as quickly as they should. We're going to see unquantifiable deaths from, uh, I suppose, this sledgehammer nut approach that we're doing at the moment. And that's that's not really the right answer either, is it, Chris? No, it's
1: not. But the, the, the thing is, is... People keep saying the government must, government must give us guidance. And I'm going to keep coming back to this. The government has given us guidance. We've turned around to them and said, well, we're not going to do it
2: because... No, you
0: know, they haven't given the us guidance. The go- they the, government Chris, government. listen to the government and listen to the mixed messages constantly every single day. It's no wonder people are confused. Sorry, sorry, you yeah. want to say something, Keith, very quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, the government has given us guidance and it's been, it's been over the past six months it's been absolutely contradictory. So I think, I think that when, when you educate the masses generally speaking it's like ask the audience they generally get the answer right not everyone gets the answer right but most people do
0: let me go to mary mary you're on classic kids how you doing mary
5: Hiya. how are you
0: uh mary okay i mean look there's certainly seems to be a lot of conversation now and debate around how we deal with this pandemic going forward and can we continue to live like this what do you think
5: I definitely don't think we can. I think it's the case you can't just lock people away. We're social beings and there's a lot of people that have sacrificed so much already and like I went eighteen weeks without seeing my parents and like no, how, old, how
0: old are your parents, Mary?
5: Um my parents my well, they're late fifties, early sixties. Okay. So like, okay, well they, they
0: wouldn't yeah they wouldn't be in a huge risk category no they're not that but old.
5: It was a case of I wasn't going to go from where I'm living in Dublin to a county that has lesser cases.
0: Okay. That,
5: to me that wouldn't have been fair, but like and then with all the travel restrictions I couldn't go home and um, I just think there's a lot of people out there that have sacrificed so much and now I'm kind of like well I went so those eighteen weeks and now I'm back at square one not being able to see someone. Like, my sister recently had her, like, her first child. And now what? For me to go see my nephew, I have to go and see, meet her in a park just to see her. Yet there's people out there that, one, are back working in offices. There's people out there, like, so I can't go and sit in her house, but I could go meet her and get a takeout coffee and sit on a bench. It just, it, it doesn't make sense. I think the whole way this has been managed is there is no plan.
0: There is no plan. Okay, you feel there's no plan, so you don't feel you're being given direction, and you don't believe you can run with this for another. Well, the, April seems to be some sort of date at the moment, although it could be extended from there. You don't, you know, right through the Christmas. Do you? You know, basically, not having visitors for Christmas Day. You don't. You don't see this as a runner.
5: No, because like in saying that, like my twin sister is based in London, and like if I don't, if she doesn't get home for Christmas, like that'll be devastating and I just I don't see how they think like it's been a bad year and look everyone is coming together but I just think there needs to be more guidance there's no sense of hope anymore before you had like goals and things to work towards and you know as they lifted the restrictions and went into newer phases it was a lot easier like you're
0: yeah, because it got better each time and you would something to look forward to. Yeah, I get you. I know, I know. I get, I get what you're saying. A lot of people feel the same way, Mary. Listen, thank you very much. Let me go to Brian as well. Brian, you're on Classic kits. How are you doing, Brian? Doing well, thanks, Niall. Good, Brian. I was reading uh, the story in relation to you and, and the situation you find yourself in uh, with your friend. Maybe you could explain it better than I could.
6: Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting, all the, the coverage at the moment. They're saying it's the first pandemic in 100 years. It's not. Uh, AIDS was a pandemic. Of that course, is, is yeah, it?
0: which we still don't have a vaccine for, by the way.
6: No, and the 33 million people died. But the difference was, and even listening to your lovely caller there a second ago, I mean, everything she says is absolutely right. But can you imagine going through a pandemic where you were immediately thrown out of your home, your community, your country, and no government gave a toss um, and it was up to a few people to, in AIDS hospices in London or in America, etc., uh, to record your death, to be with you when you died. Everybody gowned up, everybody masked up, et cetera. And a, an entire generation of young people uh, in particular uh, went through that. And, and, and nobody gave a toss. And at the moment... There was, almost,
0: had, there was almost a stigma attached to it. You know what I mean? I
6: mean... A funeral undertaker wouldn't take your body and wouldn't bury you.
0: Mm. Um, and should they even but even in the media when people died of AIDS they were afraid to tell you what they died of ah he yeah something happened to him yeah but he,
6: at they treated vincent hanley
0: yeah that's that's right yes vincent, vincent hanley yes
6: was coming home from from America and had to get off in shannon because of the media were waiting for him um, in 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 dublin airport
0: but you sure, so didn't didn't they say in the end to try to make it nice and sweet oh he died from an infection or was an, an eye a tooth infection or something like that or but so there's a
6: message of hope in this door. I know yeah. people find you know, say, not seeing family and all that kind of stuff, very difficult to, at the moment. Um, but believe me, that was compulsory when um, the AIDS pandemic uh, took took on the world. And by the way, can we
0: point out that the AIDS pandemic is still there. We Thankfully, we have, you know, medication now which can suppress it and suppress the symptoms, but you don't get rid of it. HIV is still there. Uh, so uh, that, that's important to point out. But hopefully in the future we'll have a, a vaccine. But Brian, I, I'm rushed a bit for time. So get to the point in relation to your friend anyway. Yeah. The
6: legacy of those times are this, was that there's an entire generation of older gay people who couldn't form uh, lasting relationships who had no households, who have no mm-hmm. kids, no grandkids. Yep. And now they're being classed as a single household, which means they're in complete and total isolation. I think what needs to be done is it needs, like that plus divorce means that there are hundreds of thousands of single households uh, around and they've all been put picked on and put into lockdown and self-isolation. And that is morally wrong. I have a friend who's 86 years of age. He has no relations, no children, no grandchildren. And he's also hard of hearing. So I can't actually even ring him up and chat. And I've been told that I'm to leave him to rot in his own home. Would that that not be
0: classics as extenuating circumstances? I I personally would believe it would be.
6: Look at the dignity of it, Niall. Why should I... Why should I change my friendship and respect and regard for that man? No, I
0: agree with you. I agree with you.
6: Circumstance that makes us unequal and it takes away his dignity. I am, will go to visit him because I enjoy his company and he's a good person to know, even though he's eighty-six. But now the government is saying I become some kind of an angel in order to do that. And that's not fair. It's not dignified uh, for him. And he becomes my dependent then. And that's equally not dignified. It's, a, it's almost like
0: this. I, I mean, I think for a lot of people now, when we, when we think back to, you know, when homosexuality was illegal in this country and and gay people had to literally hide in the closet, so to speak, maybe now we all have a very good sense of how gay people felt at the time. Because if we, if we try to be friendly or as you want to reach out to your 88-year-old friend, you almost have to hide in the shadows.
6: Well, absolutely. But we didn't have the support of families. We didn't have the support of communities and we didn't have the support or the interest of the medical. Well, most of the medical profession and, and, and government. It was a few. You were
0: shunned by the medical profession. Abso-
6: well, except in, the er- I-
0: in the early days of HIV, of course. Yeah.
6: Yeah. yeah. The, the only ad that was out there was AIDS don't bring it home. And the reason that you couldn't advertise that it was in Ireland was because we were all still criminals. At yeah, the time, yeah, so look. Yeah. It's, it's, I know people are under pressure. We all feel the pressure, but this this country made a, a group of older gay people compulsorily single, and for their announcement last night to come out to say that those single, compulsorily single people cannot have visitors in their own home in their their their, their, their old age is cruel.
0: I think, I, I think the government's answer to that. I'm only going to give you their answer because I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with it. Would be, oh, but you, couldn't you go out and meet you in a park somewhere?
6: At 86 in the height of the flu uh, I, 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 absolutely,
0: I wouldn't disagree with you Brian I think Well Brian I think in those cases Where you said the man is hard at hearing So he can't obviously communicate by phone And he needs help I mean he's 88 years of age I don't believe there's anybody would disagree That that would, that would come under uh, extenuating circumstances But you're right You shouldn't be considered some sort of angel Because you're going It should be something you should naturally be allowed to do Hear, hear. Yeah, Okay. Listen Brian thank you very much indeed And I appreciate you coming on the air today